forgetting God. We, 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 we tend to be people that uh, can, can be real thankful on Thanksgiving, be real giving at Christmas, be real holy on Easter. Come on, somebody give me an amen. Y'all see where I'm going with that? We can, be, we can tend to be religious, and we can tend to do right when we're supposed to do right and give when we're supposed to give and go when we're supposed to go and pray when we're supposed to pray and on and on and on. But I believe that God wants us to be thankful and givers and goers and preachers and prayers and all those things every day, 365 days of the year. Can you say amen? amen. Not just on an anniversary. That's, guys, don't just be romantic on your anniversary. Amen. Ladies, you can thank me for that later. Amen. Wow, it got quiet in here. <laughs> Luke 17, verse 11. Now it happened... As he went to Jerusalem, this is Jesus, that he passed through the midst of Samaria, Samaria and Galilee. And then as he entered a certain village, there met with him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And so it was as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. So Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Where were, were not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way, your faith has made you well. Father, I pray this morning for the next few minutes that uh, we would just focus on your word. Your word that is living, your word that is sharper than any two-edged sword, your word that is alive, your word that is infallible and inerrant, and irrefutable, and perfect this morning, and inspired by you, written under the Holy Spirit, by hands of men, exactly what you wanted to say, so that we could live a life of victory. Father, I pray for uh, this time just to focus on what you want to teach each and every one of us. You're going to teach each and every one of us something different this morning, something that's applicable to our lives, things that we're going through, things that we're facing and I just pray that that fruit would come from this message today. And I pray that you'd give, get all the glory for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. I want to I talk a little bit about leprosy this morning. Um, and I'm going to show you some stuff in the Old Testament. And then we're going to come back here again to where we started. But this is a really interesting uh, message. And, and you might think, what does leprosy have to do with coming off of Thanksgiving? And uh, why would you talk about this today? And you'll, you'll know by the time we're done. But I just want us to think about this. Don't forget God. It's, again, it's easy to think about God right now because you're in church. That's what you came for. That's why you're here. You're here because you wanted to be in God's house, and, and so we're thinking about Him now. But I, I'm always challenging myself to be a godly person um, Thursday afternoon at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, Friday morning, Saturday afternoon, Tuesday night, all the times during the week when I'm not in church and when I'm not around God, other people that are serving God, but I'm thinking about the Lord always, and I don't ever want to forget God. And so now we got done with Thanksgiving, and, and this is real important because we, we're done with Thanksgiving. We had a time of, of fellowship with our families. We got together. We ate. We, we thanked. We thanked, and we thanked, and we did all that. And now it's easy to turn our hearts and minds and affections to things. That was a good place to say amen. That's the culture we live in. And, and, and it's, the, it's, it's how we, we are, are, are trained that now for the next 30 days or whatever, we need to think about what we're going to get somebody and what we're going to buy and, and all these different things. And we can get to the time where we know that historically Jesus was not born on December 25th. Just in case you didn't know that. doesn't matter exactly when he was born. That's when we celebrate it. We celebrate his birth, so we're celebrating his birthday that day. But what I'm trying to say is we get to the time of the year when we should be thinking most about God, and we think maybe less about God than we do the rest of the time of year because we begin to think about ourselves and others. And so I'm not 
downing getting gifts. I'm not downing uh, buying things for people. I'm not downing any of that. Any of, you, any of you that knows me knows I love Christmas time. This is my favorite time of the year. I love this time of the year. Uh, it, like like a, a friend of mine said, it would be nice if everybody acted like they do at Christmas all year. Right? Everybody seems to get a little more friendly and a little more giving during this time of the year. It'd be good if we acted like that in March and July. Amen. But what I'm trying to say is it's easy to come off of Thanksgiving and then begin to enter the time when we should be thinking more about God and actually think less about God. And if you don't believe that's possible, we're going to reread this story in just a minute. Amen. But I want to read something about leprosy. Leprosy was a sign, if you want to write this down in your notes this morning, a sign of sin in the Old Testament. Today, for us, it's still a sign of sin. And I'm going to show you why in a minute through some different things. Um, and leprosy still exists. It doesn't exist today like it did in the Old Testament, but it still exists. It still, it still affects people around the world. There's certain countries and continents that have it more than others. But I want to give you just a little bit of, of what uh, leprosy um, is. Now, I could be super gross this morning if I wanted to and be real elaborate, and I could be really gross and visual and put some pictures up on that screen that would absolutely make you sick and you wouldn't want to eat lunch today if I showed you what leprosy does to your body. I mean, there's some really, really nasty pictures even today. But just give you a little bit of background. It says that leprosy generally begins with pain in certain areas of the body and numbness follows. Now, as I read this, I want you to think about what I'm reading, which are the symptoms and what it is to have leprosy. But I want you to think even more than that how much worse it was in the time of the Bible. And it says, numbness follows and soon the skin in certain spots, loses its original color. It gets to be thick, glossy, and scaly. And as the sickness progresses, the thickened spots become dirty and, and, and um, ulcers due to poor blood become dirty sores and ulcers due to poor blood supply. The skin, especially around the eyes and ears, begins to bunch up with deep furrows between the swellings. So that the face of the afflicted individual begins to resemble that of a lion. Fingers drop off or are absorbed. Toes are affected similarly. And throats become hoarse. And you cannot now only see, feel, and so now you can, only, you can now see, feel, and smell the leper. But you can hear the rasping voice. If you were to stay with a leper at that time of the Bible for very long, even a peculiar taste would begin to be inside of your mouth of the smell around that person. So I just wanted to give you a, uh, a PG explanation of what leprosy was without getting too gross. And now I want you to go to the book of Leviticus with me. And I want to show you something really powerful this morning. And uh, this will all make sense by the time I get done and I want us to understand what leprosy is. The, the, the book of Leviticus actually takes two entire chapters to talk about leprosy. And as we're going to read this, I want you to begin to notice some signs in this book of Leviticus that are very similar to what the sin issue is in our lives. Today, as we're sitting here in 2017... We're preaching from the Bible and we're talking about Jesus. Just in case you're new or visiting or don't know what we're about, we're, we're preaching from the Bible and we understand this morning that we as human beings are born lepers. We are lepers this morning. We have a disease called sin in our lives. And as we uh, are born, that leprosy that we're born with Today we could even use a greater example possibly in our time, in our generation of AIDS that's maybe a little more known where we are born with that blood sickness in our body that is incurable. And as we get older, we don't get less sick, we get more sick. And so we are born into sin is what I'm trying to say. We are born physically into sin, spiritually into sin, physically meaning we're born into a, a, a bad world, a, a, a world that has disorder, a world that does not follow the laws of God, and a world that has been twisted out of disobedience to what God wanted it to be. 
And so every day that goes by, think about this. Just stop and think about this for a second. From the day you are born, every day that goes by as you get older, you're getting one day closer to the day that your flesh will perish. Every single day. So every day that you are alive, you're actually living less. And and that's the thing we have to understand in our lives is, is we break this down. We are not going to live in this physical body forever. And we have sin in our lives called leprosy, symbolically. And we have to deal with that. And thank God this morning, we have a remedy for that leprosy and for that AIDS and for that problem that is called the blood of Jesus. And we can be healed of that and forgiven of that, and we're going to get back to that in a second. But I've always tried to teach you, you can't really understand how awesome salvation is if you don't understand how lost you are. And, and somebody that, that had uh, an ailment like leprosy were able to physically feel the effects of sin and physically see the effects of sin and physically smell the effects of sin. Sometimes in our lives we see, feel, touch, hear, and all those different things, sin in our lives and the sin in other people's lives. And, and today we can see visible things in people's lives. You see somebody who's strung out on drugs, or you see someone who's an alcoholic and, and bound to alcohol, or you see somebody who's, who's uh, dying in some kind, of, some kind of addiction or violence or problems. It's visible. You can see it. And, and that's the thing. But then there's also people who are good at hiding their sin. And they're good at hiding the problems inside. And some people today, I believe even in a lot of churches around the world, are good at putting their Sunday best on and coming to church, but there's still a sin issue in their life. And, and it's, it can be covered up with clothes just like they would cover up their leprosy. It was physically visible until they covered it up. And in some, in some points they got to a place, as we're going to read here, that it was so bad that they were cast out of civilization for their leprosy. And I want to read a few verses in Leviticus 13 that I chose. It's two chapters. I'm not going to read even close to all of it. I just want to read a few verses. But I want to focus on maybe five verses. If you look at Leviticus 3 and chapter 13, verse 3, it says, The priest shall examine the sore. So again, chapter 13 and 14 are two entire chapters on leprosy and how to handle leprosy. That's how bad leprosy was. And it says, The priest shall examine the sower on the skin of the body, and if the hair on the sower has turned white, and the sower appears to be deeper than the skin of his body, it is a leprous sower, and the priest shall examine him and pronounce him unclean. Now I want you to relate this this morning. It says, the sower appears to be deeper than the skin. See, our sin issue is deeper than what you can see on the outside. It's deeper. It's not always something that's visible on the outside. Amen. So that's one thing I want you to see. Now go to verse 8. And it says, If the priest sees the scab that has indeed spread on the skin, then the priest shall pronounce him unclean. It is leprosy. And so we see in verse 8 that if we don't, if we don't deal with the deeper sin in our life, that this is talking about skin, in verse 8, what will sin do? Sin will spread. So I'm just pulling out a few things out of this chapter here of what they saw and noticed on leprosy. And there was things that if they didn't deal with it, it would become worse and worse and worse. Now I want you to go over to verse 45. And it says, now the leper on whom the sower is, his clothes shall be torn and his head bare, and he shall cover his mustache and cry, unclean, unclean. He shall be unclean all the days he has the sower, and he shall be unclean. He is unclean and he shall dwell, watch this, alone. His dwelling shall be outside the camp when you begin to study the word of God and you begin to read the word of God you begin to learn how to correlate the old testament and the new testament together what does sin do to us as leprosy did to them in the old testament what does sin do to us in our relationship with God separates us 
causes us to be out of fellowship with God. Not because God doesn't want to fellowship with us. That's the reason he made us to fellowship with us. And the great thing about God is he's not just giving us. How many, how many like to go to the doctor and hear a bad report but then get some good news from the doctor that they've got a, a, a medicine or something or a cure or something that can help you. I'm glad this morning that we don't have a, a bad report from God that says I'm a sinner and I'm outside the camp, but I don't have any hope of ever getting healed. We have sin this morning. We have separation from God this morning. We have no hope without God, but God said that's why I love this world and I'm sending my son down to die for it. I'm going to shed my blood on the cross and I'm going to take care of that leprous problem once and for all, but you have to believe in it so it doesn't spread and doesn't separate you from me. And we see this in chapter 13 of Leviticus, that they were outside of fellowship because they didn't deal with the problem. Now watch this, verse 52. He shall therefore burn that garment in which is the plague whether warp or woof in wool or linen or anything of leather, for it is, an act, it is active leprosy, the garment shall be burned in the fire. Now, I just want to tell you that I could preach about five messages off this, just, just these few verses I've read right here. I could go a whole lot of different directions. I could go really deep into some of these things and even make a message off of each one, but I'm just giving you a, conver- a condensed message this morning about this and just a little bit of background. So he says that that garment will burn. We know that in the Bible, the Bible says that those who do not accept the blood of Jesus Christ, those who do not get cleansed with the blood of Jesus Christ, will what? Burn in outer darkness, separated from God. Why? Because God hates us? No, because he hates sin. He cannot allow sin to be in his camp. He cannot allow sin to be in his presence. And I want you to think about this. It's not because God isn't big enough and omnipotent enough to handle sin. It's because he's holy. He's holy. He's righteous. He's perfect. God could not be around sin if he wanted to. It's something that's not possible because he's so perfect. And so it's not that he, he does this out of anger or he does this out of malice or he separates just like the priests. You know what the priests were doing? When they were separating those people and sending them out of the camp, they were trying to protect the other people in the city. They weren't just trying to be mean and say, you got to get out of here, you got to leave, you're contagious. They were trying to protect. And so God is trying to protect us this morning from ourselves. He's trying to protect us from ourselves because we, we can do bad all by ourselves. Can you say amen? amen. Now, re- watch this, verse 57. Uh, there are all these verses in between say it, so I'm picking 52 and 57. But if it appears again in the garment, either in the warp or in the woof or in anything made of leather, it is, is a spreading plague. How many would say today that sin is a spreading plague? It's a spreading plague. We're not getting less sinful today. We're getting more sinful. We're not getting better. We're getting worse. And I'm talking about his society. I'm talking about his people. A society left alone without God's help gets worse. We need God in our lives. And he says, it's spreading plague. He says, you shall burn that with fire, that which is in the plague. Then it goes on in chapter 14 to go on to say in the entire chapter how they would deal with lepers if and when they began to get healed. Some could be healed from leprosy. And when they got to a place where their skin began to heal, they had to go through an entire ritual for them to be able to be placed back in society with the people. Okay? Now I want you to go back to chapter 17 of Luke with me. And I want to read this again now that you've got a little bit more of background of what leprosy is. You name man when you're there? How many have understood this morning, maybe even just as I've been talking, we are born lepers. And then Jesus comes along in our lives through somebody, as John was mentioning in prayer. You better be thankful for the person who told you about Jesus. And then you get a revelation that I need help and I am sick and I am a sinner and I am lost. And you call on Jesus and his blood washes you clean. And then you start what is called a process 
And this is kind of a lead-in to Wednesday night, but a process of sanctification. Where you begin to, to learn how to now be a person living in a real world, but now trying to live a holy life. How many have seen that in your lives, that, that that's really what's going on since the day you got saved? Now you're, you're, you're trying your best to be light in a dark place. You're trying your best to be uh, a f- person that gives fruit and bears fruit and is separated from the world. And we're trying our best, as Jesus said, to be in the world but not be of the world. And there's this process that goes on, and this is kind of what the leper would have to do, is they would find out, man, I've got an issue. Uh, my, my skin is turning numb. I've got this spot, and then it would turn to another spot, and then it would get worse, and it would spread, and it would get, get on my clothes, and everything I touch would be worse, and it, and it just gets worse and worse, and that's how our lives get. Our lives without Jesus don't get better. They get worse. And the further we are from God, we may think we're happy, but have you ever noticed that the people think that think they're happy have to have something else involved besides themselves? Usually it's alcohol, relationships, drugs, or money. Get to a person who says they don't need God and see who their God is. There's always going to be a God involved. Nobody can have true happiness by themselves. Because we're miserable in our sin. And we know that we're sinners. We just don't know sometimes who the Savior is. We don't know who the answer is because no one's told us. But even then, something inside of us, the Bible says in Romans, says by just looking at creation alone, I'm without excuse. There's got to be a God. I can't be a fool that says in my heart there is no God. And so we begin to search. And something inside us begins to say, there's got to be something that can cure this. And and I'm kind of tired of spending all this money on alcohol. I'm kind of tired. Some of you new converts are coming off Thanksgiving, and you've, you've just had an amazing revelation that you never thought was possible. You just had Thanksgiving without alcohol. And you're going, wow, I actually remember Thanksgiving this year. I actually, I actually woke up the next day with a food headache instead of an alcohol headache. It's a different feeling, amen. Not that the food one's good, but it's a different one. And you have no regrets. And you didn't have to ask your spouse, hey, did I do anything stupid yesterday? Did I make a fool of myself? Amen. How many are thankful? Right? It's a whole different life. You didn't have to have anybody bail you out of, out, of, out of jail. You've actually got a little bit of money sitting there that you would have spent on liquor, and now it's ready for maybe buy a present for somebody for Christmas. I mean, it's a whole new world. You're starting to realize, wow, life is different, but it's a process. And you're starting to see, I, I, I'm in a process here. God is doing something in me. But what I want to get to right here at this moment, now that I've laid the foundation, is now that God has come into your life and given you the cure, don't forget him. Don't forget God. Come on, what do you mean? I'm here at church Sunday morning. I've seen so many people over the years get so blessed by God. So saved, so set free, so delivered, so happy, so thankful, so amazing, such amazing testimonies. And I've seen them forget God. Forget them. Oh, how's that possible? Well, let's just read this story again real quick. Luke 17, verse 9. He spoke this parable. I'm in the wrong verse. Sorry, I'm in 18, 17. That's not a parable. It's a story. Verse 17, 11, verse chapter 17. Now, it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And then he entered a certain village. And there met him ten men who were lepers. Now, this begins to make a little more sense. Who stood far off. They'll tell you that they had to be at least 200 to 300 feet from any other human being. And if anybody began began to come into that radius or they began to come into that radius of somebody else, they had to shout, unclean. Unclean. How how many know that would be tough today if we had to walk around in society and say, hey, I'm coming into Walmart. 
Clear the aisles. I'm unclean. I need some milk. I got to eat, right? I mean, if it was today's, we'd have to clear out Walmart to go into Walmart. We'd have to, we would have to call somebody and say, hey, I need you to drop the milk off 200 feet from the front door. Okay, and leave it there. That's what they had to do. They had to shout out, unclean, unclean, at least 200 feet away. And so they were far away when they saw Jesus. And it says in verse 13, they lifted up their voices and said what all of us should say. Jesus, have mercy on us. Now let me just pause here for a second. Here's one of our problems, though. Because we don't see our sin physically, because we don't feel our sin, a lot of times we don't realize how bad we look. Can you imagine this morning what you looked like? I'm not even saying now. What you looked like the day you met Jesus. If, if you could see a picture of what your life looked like in sin physically, can you imagine what you look like? Can you imagine what we looked like? We would look like the Bible is describing here as lepers. Now, like I said, I could have put some things up there. They're pretty bad. I mean, I, there, there's still cases today. You can still, you can Google it if you want to. If you want to get grossed out, you can. I, matter of fact, I got, I got grossed out on accident when I was looking for something. Boom, this Half-naked body was in front of me with hardly any flesh on it. And it was a picture of leprosy. I didn't want to see it. It was gross. But just imagine what we look like in our sin life if it was to be physical. physical. And these people would be totally clothed in stuff so so that their smell would not be so horrible. They were trying to suppress the smell. If you've ever had any kind of scab and had to put something on it, I'll just give you an example there, what that would be like to have to deal with that. If stuff gets pulled off, their entire body was a scab. Limbs were falling off. Flesh was falling off of their body. They were were unclean in a way that we cannot imagine. And so they, they understand Jesus is healing people. They're hearing way from afar off that Jesus is healing people. And they see physically every day, they see I'm missing some fingers. I I can't hardly move. Imagine the burn unit, the pain that people go through when they've been in a major burn. The skin, the issue there. It's, It's a disease that's so horrible. But I want us to understand this morning, not in a bad way, but in a good way. We must understand how horrible we are in our sin without Jesus. You know what that does? You know what it does when we really realize how sinful we are and how lost we were? It makes us more thankful for our salvation. And sometimes we need God to show us what we look like. Thank you. Sometimes we need God to show us what we look like. Because if not, you know what we turn into? Religious brats. Religious brats. Spoiled brats. We need to see reality sometimes of what we look like in our sinful ways. And, and, and these men saw it physically, and so they, and I'm, I'm beginning to close, they cry out, have mercy on us. And so when he saw them, have, have you ever seen any time in the Gospels where somebody called on Jesus and he said, nope, sorry, I'm busy. Nope, sorry, I, I got, I'm heading somewhere else. See, he wasn't heading to the lepers that day. He was heading somewhere else. But they called on him. I got some good news for you today. All you got to do is call on him, and he'll answer. Amen. Call on the name of the Lord, and you shall be saved. Just call on him. Amen. Just call on him this morning. Just shout out to him. Say, Jesus, I need help. Jesus, I need mercy. Jesus, I need forgiveness. Because, you know, you might be here this morning, and it might look on the outside like you got it all together, but inside there's some serious leprosy going on. And you're afraid to tell somebody else. You don't have to tell anybody else. You can go to the great physician this morning. You can go to the great counselor this morning. You can go to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and you can shout out to him and say, Jesus, have mercy on me, please. And guess what? He will. He heard him, and he wasn't busy. Thank God, he's never busy. And he says this. And this is an interesting part. Stay with me. He says, go. He doesn't say, be healed. He doesn't say, 
You're healed. Like he did a lot of times. He didn't even ask him a question like he did a lot of times. Do you believe that I can heal you? He did that a lot of times when people would come up to him. Do you believe? Other, other instances like the centurion, for example, says, I, I'm not worthy to, to even be in the same room as you. If you'll just say the word, my servant will be healed. And he says, I've never seen such faith. And so his faith was expressed that way. But Jesus did something different with these guys. He said, go show yourselves to the priests. Now that wouldn't make any sense if we wouldn't gone back and read Leviticus 13. Because Jesus is walking in obedience to the law. He did not come to abolish it. He came to fulfill it. So he's not going to, he's not, see the thing, the thing that they tried to, they always tried to catch Jesus. And not ever one time did Jesus break the law. He just fulfilled it. And so he says, go show yourselves to the priest. But what he's doing is, he's saying, I need you to go and tell these people that you're healed and I'm the answer. I need you to go to where you're supposed to go because he's basically saying, I can't give you the clearance. I haven't got to that place yet. I am that person, but I can't give you that clearance. You need to go to the priest, show yourself to the priest, because you're not going to be able to walk around and say, Jesus healed me, and be able to come back into society. You're going to have to go to the priest, and the priest is going to have to say, okay, you're clean. Now go wait seven days, and then after that seven days, you can be ceremonial clean again, and you can come back and do the things. You can be let back into the place of worship again. He said, go show yourself. So he's doing this interesting thing here. But here's what's even more interesting. All ten of them obeyed. All ten of them listened. And, and this is a picture. It, it, I, in another message I've preached, I've talked about Naaman. How many remember Naaman when he dipped himself seven times? This is a picture where we have to understand there was a process. I'm trying to get you to understand this morning. There's a process. And nowhere in this process of your walk with God can you ever forget him. He has to be first. He has to be number one. He has to be Lord. He has to be master. If you begin, watch this, this is what we do. If you begin to start walking a walk with God, but you don't have God by your side, who's walking with you? Lots of people do that. Lots of people, they get cleaned up, they say a prayer, they, they believe, and then they begin to get religious and they begin to start doing things on their own. And God is nowhere in the picture. Why? Because there's no relationship. There's no relationship. There's no, there's no communion. And so these guys are heading back. And in their, as they're in this process, they're having to walk to the priest. And as they're obeying, they're saying, at his word, I'm going to go because his word is powerful. As they begin to take a step, something, maybe, maybe one of them sees a finger grow back. And the other guys are like, dude, your finger just grew back. <laughs> and then all of a sudden when they saw the one finger grow back, even though they're going in faith, they're like, whoa, mine did too. And every step that they take, of this one, 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 thing, one skin spot begins to disappear and dry up. And then they look at another guy's face, and his face starts to get clear. And as they're going along, all ten of them, all ten of them are sharing with each other, look what the Lord has done for me. Look what the Lord is doing. And there might have been one that's kind of hanging behind, and nothing's happened to him yet. And he's like, oh, God, please let something happen to me. I don't, I don't see anything happening yet. That's kind of how we are as a body of believers. Some people get it fast. Some people get it later. But let me tell you something. If you stay in it and stay in obedience to God, what God says is going to happen. It's going to come to pass. It's going to be fulfilled because God's word can't not lie. And if he says you're clean, you're clean. But sometimes people wake up in the morning and they, they don't feel clean. They don't look clean. But the Bible says you're clean. Someone's going to get this this morning. And so they start walking all together. And then all of a sudden they, they get to where they're going. The thing is we don't really ever know what happens because let's see what happens in the rest of the story. We don't really know what happens to all of them. We don't really know if they even go over show themselves to the priest. But it says, and so in the same verse, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them. This is a crazy, you know, have you ever heard this, the, the people say it's, or sorry, Jesus say, and then people talk about it, how, how narrow the road is? Why is the road narrow? Did God make it narrow? Did he want it to be narrow? No, he just knows. 
just knows us. He just knows how we are. So he's not making a statement that I've made the road narrow. He's making a statement that the road is narrow because too many of you get busy and forget me. Come on. And he sees what these guys do right here. Ten of them go, and it says, one of them, when he saw that it was healed, returned, verse 15, and with a loud voice glorified God and fell on his face at his feet. Giving him what? Thanks. And he was a Samaritan. See, he was the one. Let me tell you something. Here, here, this, isn't, this isn't, I'm not saying this to say, say something bad. I'm saying this for you to lose this mentality. Religion kills. If you come from any kind of religious background, where you've been taught A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, left, right, go straight, stop, get sit up, sit down, down, down. Do what, if you've been through that, you've got to lose it and start over. Start over. With what? With what the Bible says. Because nine of them were religious and nine of them didn't, didn't come back. The only one that came back was the Samaritan, which is symbolic today of the Gentile, of the person who didn't have any religion, didn't know anything about God, and says, man, all I know is I don't even know where they're going because I've never been to the temple. I've never talked to the priest. I, they're going to, to some building, and, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm just sticking this in the story, I'm thinking to myself that this man is walking with the ten. I don't know if he was the first to be healed or the tenth. I just know he got healed. But I'm thinking... That maybe as they got back to the city, he, he's in his mind thinking, Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priests. And I'm thinking that as they're walking along, um, he's seeing one guy go to his house, and he's seeing another guy go to the bar, and he's seeing another guy go to the soccer game, and he's seeing another guy go to Walmart, and he's seeing another guy go back to his work, and he's thinking, all I know is I'm healed, and that guy Jesus said to go show themselves to the priest. They're not going where he told them to go, so I'm going to go back to the only thing I know, which is that man who told me I would be cleansed, which is Jesus. So I'm going to go back to him. Because he's the one that made me whole. He's the only one that went back. How many could follow what I just said? Did you lose me there? I don't know for sure. But probably a lot of them never made it to the priest. Why? Because we forget God. We forget him. I got what I need now. I got my job. I got my promotion. I got my healing. I got my marriage. I got this. I got that. What do I need God for? We don't do it on purpose. But we get so busy that we forget God. We can come off Thanksgiving, heading into Christmas, and be so busy that we forget God. What do you mean? We're singing the Christmas songs and we're doing this. That's, you can get religious. This is the time, I said it last week, where we need to recommit more than ever before. We need to make sure we spend time with the Lord. We need to make sure that we are obeying and doing what God has called us to do. I love fellowship. I love that we're getting together. I love all the things we're going to do this month. But let's not forget what we're doing them for. Let's not forget why we're celebrating Christmas. Let's not forget why we're getting together as married couples and youth and, 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 and as a church and fellowshipping. We're getting together always, always to glorify God always that that everything we do would glorify him he says jesus says watch this with me as i close he says were there not 10 cleansed see this is this is the totality what does this mean jesus what did he say in his word i don't want anyone to perish guess who's going to perish the ones who choose to walk away from god his blood was shed for all of humanity. Not one person did he not die for. Every single person who's ever lived, that blood was shed for. Who's going to go to heaven? Those who glorify God. Who's going to die in their sins? Those who forget God. Forget Him. How could that happen, we think? Man, what a bunch of dumb nine dudes. That's how we could say We could say that so easily. Man, I... I'm just like that Samaritan. I'd have gone back too. That's how we say. That's me. I would have done that. 
You know what? We don't realize sometimes we're forgetting God. That's why he preaches a message this, like this to us. That's why he, he, gets, he gets down into us and says, hey, well, didn't I cleanse 10 people? Where are the other nine? You got to ask yourself this morning, are you the one or are you the nine? I'm not saying that in condemnation. I'm saying that in conviction. I said that last Sunday morning. Amen. We need to ask ourselves, am I the one or am I the nine? I don't want to be the nine. I don't want to be the nine that gets everything, like I said last Sunday, that gets, that gets everything I need from God. As, and I want a full-time God, but I want to be a part-time Christian. I don't want to be that person. I want to be that person that comes back and says, God, thank you. Thank you for cleansing me. Verse 18, we're not any found who return to give glory to God except this foreigner. Now watch, this is the key to the whole thing. Verse 19, he says, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And another translation of that word is saved. Your faith has saved you. What does that mean? It means the other nine, watch this, the other nine got healed physically, but not spiritually. They got filled, healed physically, but not spiritually. It's a lot of things today. Like you can, you can run into someone who's, who's stopped drinking. You can find some people who've stopped drinking. They were alcoholics and they went to an AA program or, or they just got serious and something scared them. They cold turkey stopped drinking and God wasn't involved. That can happen. Someone can stop doing drugs, cold turkey. I and mean, those numbers are very rare, but I'm giving examples. Um, someone can have something miraculous happen in their body and they can, you know, make it through cancer with, with chemotherapy and all that and, and be cancer free. There's a lot of stuff that can happen without God. But the one thing that cannot happen without God is going to heaven. And Jesus even said himself, Jesus' own words, he said, what good does it do to get into heaven or sorry, hell, with the perfect body. What, what good does it do to be whole and go to hell? He says, if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It's better to go into heaven maimed than to go into hell with your whole body whole. What a picture of those lepers. Those lepers, what a, what a sad thing to think that those lepers... We're, we're sick over here and full of sin and full of, 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 of pain and full of, 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 of stuff in their lives and just miserable and then got healed to go right back into misery again. Hell. Because the Bible says he's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. No one gets unto heaven except through the Son. Why? Because he's the only one that can heal us of our leprosy. Amen. Not only the outside exterior visible stuff, but the heart issues. As you bow your heads and close your eyes, are you the one this morning or are you the nine? I pray every single one of us in here would be the one. The one who is thankful this morning for their salvation. The one who is not going to just go through the motions and head back in obedience, sort of, and then somewhere along the way, get off track. But we're going to stay in obedience to God. We're going to stay on track with God. We're going to stay in love with God. As, as the Holy Spirit is touching you this morning, as you're praying, as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, thank God that He can give us the picture of what our sin looked like and what we looked like without Him. Isaiah said, I'm a man of unclean lips. He said, I can't stand in your presence. That centurion said, I'm not even worthy to stand under the same roof as you. John the Baptist said, I'm not worthy to tie your shoes. There's a humility there that says, God, who am I? Who am I? But then something comes in called God's grace, and he says, you are someone I died for. Someone I gave my life for. I have paid the price for your leprosy. I have paid the price for your sin. I can heal you this morning. Just glorify me. That's all I want. I'm God. I just want you to thank me. I just don't want you to forget me. Don't be the person here that says, I've got this by myself. I've done this by myself. I've made it by myself. 
There's a lot of people in this world who have made money and done things by themselves. They would claim they've never got it, never helped them. But the question is, can they get into eternal life without God? And I believe biblically, no. You can't be good enough. You can't have enough money. You can't have enough power. You can't have enough clout. You have to have a key to that door. And that key is Jesus. The cure to that disease. There's there's people, as you're listening right now, all over this world, there are people that have lots of money dying in hospitals. And their money cannot heal their bodies. I could name names. Even people have died recently. Famous people with lots and lots of money that they could burn their fireplace and never, and never ever get rid of all the money they had. Yet the doctors couldn't do anything for them. They had the best doctors, the best physicians, the best medicine, and they died in their sin without Jesus. That's why we this morning, whether we're poor or rich, in God, we're all rich. Because Jesus died for our sin and for our leprosy and for our plague. And he says, come back into the camp. You are no longer unclean because what I've made clean is clean. How many in this place all over before we finish today would be honest with God and say to yourself, first and foremost, nobody's looking around. This is between you and God. I'm a leper. And I need forgiveness. I need healing this morning. I'm lost without Jesus. This this is a cry for, for someone this morning that's never made Jesus the Lord of your life. You've never accepted him into your heart. You've never said, Jesus, I am unclean, and I believe that you're the only one that can make me clean. Just put your hand up and say, pray for me this morning. I want to be clean. I want to be whole. I want to be forgiven. I want to know Jesus as my Lord and my Savior this morning. How many here could say, you know what? There's another part of this message that's talking to me. I am that person this morning that I've forgotten God. I've gotten so busy that I'm just going through the motions. I'm like that leper that got healed but never even made it back to the priest because I went and did my own thing. I've forgotten that God gave me that job. I've forgotten that God blessed me with this husband or wife. I've forgotten that God gave me that child. I've forgotten that God gave me that family, that car, that house, that thing. I forgot. I forgot that God has changed me and saved me. And today, you want to come home back to that first love. I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand on that one. Maybe you're here and you're saying, man, I want to get back to my first love. I can tell you that I want to. I want to, st- I want to be in love with Jesus more today than I've ever been with him in my life. I want to be more committed to Jesus today than I've ever been committed in my life. I want to be closer to God today than I've ever been in my life. I'm not satisfied with my walk with God. I want more. I don't want to get so busy that I forget who made me who I am, which is a blood-bought child of God. That's all that matters this morning. Amen. We're going to stand. We're going to open up the altars for a few minutes. You can pray at your seat. You can come to the altar. You can, you can pray wherever you want. But I, I just want us to, I just want us to talk to the Lord this morning. Amen. I just want us to have a possibility as they begin to sing that we could just have a visual of what my life looked like. I know what my life looked like without God. I can see it. And I just thank God so much that He cleansed me and forgave me and gave me a new life. Just just recommit to Him this morning. Just rededicate your faith with God this morning. Wherever you're at, all over this place, just just find a place and talk to Him this morning.
commitments, make those decisions. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you right now because His healing is here physically, mentally, spiritually, financially. He's a healer. He's the God. He's the great I am. He's the Lord of Lords. He's the King of Kings. He's the answer to every one of your questions. He's the one who makes those that are unclean clean this morning. Just call on Him right now and let Him touch you.
thank you for freedom. We thank you for healing. We thank you, Lord, for deliverance this morning. We believe it and we receive it. We thank you for it because it's done right now. It's done because you did it on the cross. Yes, Jesus. It's done, Father. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord.